Welcome back to Unhelpful Advice, episode 40. Uh, today is going to be a special day for, I guess, the the medical the medical news. Yes. We got a first-time uh, guest on. He's been in the trenches. In the real shit. He's been in the real shit, like, like he's been in Vietnam or something. <laughs> like Tropic Thunder. Yeah. He sent him out in the real shit. He's a, sent him out in the real shit. He's a listener of the pod, and now he becomes a contributor to the pod. He's yeah. going to elaborate on some things he's seen. We're going to talk about the COVID vaccine, COVID in the area. Um, that's just what I plan on getting into. We might get into some you know, other crazy things, yeah. because this show does that. It sidetracks very often. We grew up with him in high school, so there might be some high school stories as well. Uh, <laughs> I hope he keeps those to himself. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, our boy Tanner Martin. All right. Welcome, Tanner Martin. You are in the no-spin zone. How's it going? It's going good, guys. Yeah, real pleasure to be on the pod, man. Finally on the pod. No, dude. Long-time listener. Big fan. Yeah, it was great when uh, you started sending me snaps, and you're like... In the park. (laughs) You walking... Are you walking your dog? Dog ghost? Yeah, Yeah. I was at the... That's when I was living in Roanoke, dude. I was just... That's how I started my morning, you know, did a... A little bit of coffee, took the dog to the dog park. Bro, that sounds fucking excellent. Like, <laughs> like an excellent start to the day, like a walk and a and a and a warm drink and a with a man's best friend. And a show going on in his ears that makes him laugh or makes him mad, whatever it does. That just sounds like a great start to a day. No That's kinda how me and Teddy it. start days, except we're at work. Yeah. We hate our lives up five <laughs> Yeah. But Tanner is being brought on the show because we're kind of living in a pandemic. Yes. And we've been in this, um, it's January, uh, March, mid-March, so well over nine months in. Um, he's been a frontline worker, and we thank him for mm-hmm. what he's done. They're the real heroes. No, they really are, Tanner. I'm not trying to... Like, I'm not trying to kiss your ass. <laughs> you guys are the shit. <laughs> yes. uh, appreciate it, man. Really do. Really do appreciate it. I'm sure when you when you uh, wanted to become a nurse, you didn't expect your first couple years in to uh, treat a pandemic, <laughs> to deal with a pandemic, a global pandemic. No, no. What I did n- you expect to treat? Uh, STDs? <laughs> you know, AIDS. I was expecting, you know, maybe just like treat some people with some kidney stones, stuff like that. <laughs> right. You know, people come in with abdominal pain and then they're just hit me with just like, hey, we got a pandemic and there's just like everyone's dying and just like, oh, hell. So you kind of got thrust. Let's take it back to March. 
the early stages of COVID, what, we're not going to get into specifics, but like, like a broad view of what were the hospitals like? What was going on in the hospitals? Because in March, we didn't have a lot of cases in the air. How were you guys preparing to deal with, you know, what was to come? So, very drastic change after March. So, everyone was fearful of the virus in March. And it was at the point where no one was coming into the hospitals. Uh, Well, that was the main fear early on, was overcrowding of hospitals. Yes. And it came to the point where um, I was still working at uh, Roanoke Memorial Hospital at the time. And, you know, we were seeing some of the lowest uh, patient numbers ever. And it was getting so bad that, you know, they were, like, furloughing, like... Employees. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. Like the That's crazy. Physician assistants, the nurse practitioners, like, and, you know, they, like, people were getting laid off and everything, and it was getting crazy. Well, um, and then we probably went about two more months in and everything, and then it just gets over flooded mm-hmm. and everything. You know, people, you know, still social distancing and everything like that, but... We were so unprepared for this vast quantity of patients and everything. And as far as like with equipment and everything like that, you know, PPE, um, specialized rooms and everything like that, we had nowhere to put these patients and how to seclude um, PUI patients. And you'll hear me say PUI a lot during this pod. It's a person under investigation. And that's just for like if they um, come with positive symptoms and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But... Yeah, we were just, we we had nowhere to put them. Like, we wanted to seclude them, uh, like, separate them from the regular patients and everything like that. And it was just, it was hell. I'm was sure it was. Two months after it really started. And so, everything. like, May-ish. May, yes. Yes, okay. it was awful. I remember when um, the the scare was, we don't have enough masks. The hospitals don't have enough masks. Well, and, and, and then the nationwide, uh, I don't know if this had anything to do with local... Uh, what was going on in hospitals? Ventilators. That's all you heard about was ventilators. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, ventilators aren't as good as what people thought. Is that right? Well, uh, what do you mean as far as... Like it was when causing I, more harm when to I, their lungs. When, uh, well, maybe not. What I was associating ventilators with, if you were put on a ventilator, I mean, you're you were gone. almost gone. Yeah. And, and it mainly depended on the patient and everything like that, you know. And frankly, a ventilator is like when your respiratory drive is not there. Yeah. And it's literally going to take a machine to hyper-inflate your lungs, hypo-inflate your lungs and everything like that. That's what it comes to and everything. Don't your lungs kind of grow accustomed to being on a machine? And then when they take you off, it's harder to start breathing on your own That's again. what I was getting at. That's yeah, what yeah. I, I have heard. I'm not sure because I'm not in there and I don't know anything about a ventilator. So there is, there's. Tell me about a ventilator. (laughs) (laughs) Real quick. Well, well, as far as okay, I'll kind of get into the very broad mechanics and everything because I'm no, I'm no respiratory therapist. You know, I if there's something wrong with the machine, I call them and everything like that. Mm -hmm. I just know how to maintain like the very minimal aspects of it and everything like that. But pretty much, um, the ventilator will pretty much reenact your autonomic nervous system so it'll tell the ventilator when you need to breathe in inspiration and then breathe out expiration and it also counts like peep and stuff like that so pretty much it's just it's a machine that's just literally like you know there's a tube it goes down right towards the bronchial of the lungs and everything and it just offers air into both sides of the lungs in and out and it's like it's, it's kind of like the stereotypical um 
machine that you see like on TV and everything, obviously, but there's more mechanics into it. But mm-hmm. like you know, it's just inflating, exflating, all that stuff. Mm. But um, but like and that's and even pre-pandemic and everything, like you know, if you're on a ventilator and you come off, like you know, if you're lucky to come off and everything, you know, there's you're gonna have to go through respiratory trials and everything try to get you back to breathing normally on right and everything okay. like that you may have to wear supplemental oxygen like nasal cannula and everything just because you may be a little hypoxic coming off and everything but normally you know depending on the patient depending on their comorbidities it, there's a lot of factors that go in to see how well you do after being on a ventilator okay well i kind of wanted to bring it back so what made you interested in the field of you know, the medical field as far as uh, with the medical field well I, for the longest time, uh, when my mom's grandfather, um, when my mom's father, my grandfather, he wasn't in the best of health, and uh, he came to live with us probably when I was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and uh, from seventh to about uh, eighth or ninth grade, I took care of him and everything. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. My mom was a nurse. She showed me um, a lot of things and how to treat him and everything like that, and it was kind of like an, an eye-opener for me, that was just like, you know, this is something that I can get into and I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, going through nursing school and everything like that, I was able to find my specialty, which was at the time was pediatrics, uh, emer- well, emergency pediatrics. And I really enjoyed that. I really liked t- taking care of the kids. I think they're easier than taking care of the adults. They right. don't cuss you. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, they haven't learned those words yet. Yeah, they don't. And <laughs> Some also, do. <laughs> well, and also, you know, they haven't really, um, they have really tortured their bodies with, like, you know, they, they substance abuse, perhaps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. And you can enact, like, education to kids and everything like that. And plus, like, you know, one thing I always like to tell people this and they get a kick out of it. It's like, you know, when a baby shits the bed, you know, it's easy to change a diaper. But like when a grown man shits the bed, <laughs> you got to bring a in big like, difference. You got to bring in a cavalry of people to be like, hey, I need you to turn this guy. We need to clean him and everything. They like. But like when a baby does it, like, you know, hey, I just lift up the leg. But, 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 no. All right. Tanner, give, me, give me some pampers, man. Give Tan- me some pampers. Tanner's kind of a celebrity in Radford. Uh, he, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Graduated from Radford. Uh, has his uh, I don't know if it's still there. They took it down. They got, we're going to talk to them about that. <laughs> if you drive through Radford, or if you have driven through Radford, you might have seen his face on what was it a a, a stoplight or a, yeah, a it was track? Like, it's like one of those random poles and everything. I remember yeah. there was one. I don't remember that. Well, there was one right yeah. in front of the Seven Eleven. Mm-hmm. Right that got some traffic. Yeah, <laughs> and then there was the other one. Um, that went up the street, um, like you're heading towards like the business building. It's like uh, from McAdoo's, mm-hmm. the, the, the one you have to go up the hill. Yeah, yeah. There was one right there. Yeah. His face was on it, yes. <laughs> Who did that? I it, it was some random photographer and everything, and uh, he had me pose for him. I had to do multiple poses. <laughs> and, of course, he chose the shittiest pose. It's me with my head turned, a shitty and grand hold my stethoscope, and I'm just like, God, why that one? <laughs> why? God. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. All right, let's see. Well, kind of answered that a little bit. Um, how bad is COVID in the hospital currently with patients? Is it pretty bad right now? So I look at it at two different viewpoints um, because I work primarily at Korea Newer Valley Medical Center, mm-hmm. but I also work a flex time position, which is part-time at Roanoke Memorial. Now, me personally, I see that 
over the past month, it's kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. And we were actually very surprised because, you know, a month ago was Christmas time and everyone was going to be with their families and everything like that because... Thanksgiving was a super spreader event. They assumed Christmas was going to be as well. Yes, because after Thanksgiving, all the way leading up all the way to Christmas, it was hell because everyone was getting it. Everyone was getting it. And we were admitting everyone to the hospital. But, you know, actually being surprised, at, especially at the Radford Hospital, you know, hasn't been that bad. Mm-hmm. It's like it, we've seen worse. Um, unfortunately, Roanoke, you know, they're still, like, jam-packed. You know, they have no space whatsoever, yeah. you know. I mean, it's Roanoke. So, so you're, so yeah, you got the perspective of, uh, you know, Roanoke's not a giant city by any means. Compared but, to. But you got a city, yeah. and then you got, like, a local community hospital. So right. you're kind of seeing, like, how the virus uh, affects two different kind of communities. Yeah. And Roanoke's by far been the worst. And it's terrible, man, because, I mean, you go into Roanoke's uh, waiting room and everything like that, and there's times there's 60 patients in the waiting room. Wow. Like, you're waiting behind 60 people, and we're doing hall beds and everything like that, and we try to accommodate as best as we can, but we just <laughs> we just don't have anywhere to put people because the hospital's full. And mm-hmm. what happens is, and uh, one thing I wanted to stress to everyone is just like you know when you get seen in the er and you're sick enough to where you're like okay you need to go to the hospital and everything well that doesn't mean you're going to get a bed immediately you know there's still Mm -hmm. people up there so you essentially stay in the ed as an admission hold well the thing of it is is when you have a lot of admission holds and you still have people coming through the front door of the er wanting to be treated and everything you know they're the ones that suffer because they have to sit there in the waiting room waiting for a room that this patient, you know, technically has a bed upstairs, but it's not available. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, you know, our, as far as like, biggest thing is like with staff and different resources and everything, you know, it's just, it's been really tough as far as with that because the hospital has just been full. And if the hospital's full, the ER is going to remain full. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. So the vaccines, when they first came out, they were supplied to the workers in the hospitals, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Now, how many vaccines were supplied in the hospitals? Do you know I that can, question? I could not attest for Korean um, as far as like a system worldwide. Because mm-hmm. um, see, we were the ones that received the Pfizer vaccine. Mm-hmm. And Pfizer, if you know, was first supplied to the UK, and which in the UK, everyone was receiving it. Uh, Even I, uh, not just frontline workers, not everybody. Just, no, there was a there was a 92 year old man that received it, and actually was on CNN News talking about the vaccine. Oh. They even. Uh, interviewed him again on a British public TV. I, I, I don't know the gentleman's name. He was just a random 92-year-old man. And he was doing well after it, too. 92 years old. Mm-hmm. So we got supplied Pfizer. And as soon as it came available, I was very adamant about getting the vaccine. I did my research on it and everything. You know, Still, I think the universal, um, as far as like prevention, like you know, as far as like effective, is 95%, which is good. Yeah. Which which is damn good. Yeah. You know, this is this is the first time we're seeing any vaccine with the coronavirus and everything mm-hmm. like that. 
for that so, short amount of time. Exactly. And, you know, frankly, I went through all the FDA trials and everything like that. And, you know, they wanted to supply it to us. But, you know, and, and some people were, they were a little finicky about getting it. But I, I was I was very adamant about mm. getting it. And um, Now, do you think the younger generation are more likely to take it than the older generation just because of, I guess, the older generation have seen vaccines not work out as well or have a lot of side effects do you think that that's causing an issue well i mean no not necessarily because Mm -hmm. i mean you know if you have any older person that's been around you know they were firsthand with polio Mm -hmm. (laughs) they had they did the polio vaccine and we uh, essentially eradicated it yeah so i mean if they were smart but i think Unfortunately, and this is the left turn that we take into politics and public media. Of course, I think that is your big influencer of who's going to get the vaccine or not. Yeah, right. Facebook tells me when I get the shot, I'm supposed to die. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what Facebook tells yeah. me. <laughs> well, my ninety-year-old uh, great grandmother just took it this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We uh, did she get it in Giles? Yes. Okay, we drove past that yeah. the other day. Mm. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, oh, yeah. I have never road. seen any that many cops at the high school. Yeah. And there's been big football games and all kinds of events, drug mm. searches. I have never seen that many cops at the and they vaccinated a thousand people. Was it a thousand? Wow. And all right, and here's the thing. You could only you had to be seventy five to get it. 75 you or had to older. be 75 or older to get it so if a thousand people in this county showed up to get the vaccine that old that that old that's a pretty good start well, yeah, see, it is and you, and you take like you know we're a small community mm-hmm. and like our geriatric population as far as 75 or older is not a lot but if they're enough to where it got a thousand people there Yep. I think that kind of answers the question uh, that you previously asked me. Of course. The older community uh, being reluctant, I don't think they are. Right. No, and, and as much as you would think. Yeah. As, like he said about the media. Yeah. And media doesn't even mean like news. Uh, media could be Facebook, mm-hmm. which isn't even a, like some non-accredited news. Just, just a mad somebody writing up thousand word post saying anti-vaccine stuff. Yes. And unfortunately, people are influenced by that, you know? Yeah. And they're like, you know, unaccredited. Like, you couldn't have said it better. Yeah. And, it, and This guy's sad. popular around the county. I'm going to believe him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's was, what you could see right now. I was going to say, Shia LaBeouf told me that if I get it, that I become paranoid schizophrenic. <laughs> and I want to take his word for it. <laughs> like... Uh, not saying that Shia LaBeouf said that. You know, he's going through enough right now. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry Shia. Isn't he always? <laughs> I want to talk about him getting the vaccine. Yeah, that's what I was at. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, I'm seeing a lot of nurses who uh, who post about getting the vaccine, mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't know what this is going to do to my body. I'm taking a risk, but I'm taking it. Um, have you experienced any of those risks or side effects? Is what uh, the main fear is. That was my question. So when you Receive the vaccine. Have you felt different? Because you... All right, let's put this out there. He's gotten both doses. A lot of people right now have only got the first. Right. Uh, Tanner, you got it actually very early. Uh, 
when was when did you get your first uh, dose? So I guess it would have been pretty much over a month ago because you have to wait twenty one days so between when, getting. So the when did you one. you got your second one last week? Well, actually, here I got my I got my card right in my <laughs> wallet that has it, and then I was thinking about flipping framing, you know, <laughs> like you know this vaccine is. A, Back of this whole virus as a means to an end. Let me pull it out real quick. I'll tell you the exact date. All this shit in my wallet. I'm sorry. Oh, there it is, right there. So, the first one I got was on December 18th. Okay, you got it very early. You got it before Christmas. Hold up, you got it December 18th. Yep, that's was what it that long ago? The first dose, yeah. The wow. first dose, yeah, because like I said, it, you, you have to wait. Extreme, literally. You have to wait mm. 21 days before you get the second one. Now, did you make that Facebook post around that time? Yeah. Yeah, like well, the day of. And everything. Oh wow! Yeah. But also, I didn't, I didn't say like, oh, I'm taking a risk and everything like that. No, I was just. Because you, you planned on getting it anyway. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like it's part. It's it's. Mm. I, it's not a okay. A duty is a strong word, but yeah. I feel like it's very good for all of us to do it because there's a term with any type of. Like when someone gets a vaccine and then there's an active virus around, you want to get herd immunity. Yeah. And, you know, if the, and it's, think of it as like animals, like, you know, if the herd gets it and everything, you know, eventually, you know, it will, the virus will supersede and go somewhere else and everything like that. You know, get the rest of them vaccinated, get the, get the, of the herd um, healthy, you know, and then you will stop seeing symptoms. Like I'll stop seeing people coming into the, Hospital due to COVID-related illnesses, stuff like that. I got a bump on my lip. I think it might be herpes. <laughs> yeah. Well, but uh, but no, I mean, as far as, like, you talking about, like, reactions and everything to it, um, the first dose, the, I guess, the common theme of, like, the reaction was just arm soreness, you know. Arm soreness? That's arm any soreness. kind of shot. Yeah. That's any kind of shot. Well, and yeah. it's, it's surprisingly because, like, most vaccines, the volume that you get and everything is probably like 0.5 mls to 1 ml which like uh, an ml going into your muscle i don't care how big muscles you have it like you know it can only absorb so much it, it's going to hurt regardless now this one was only 0.3 mls and people were like saying it was hurting their arms mm. okay whatever and that so far that was the only thing now i did not experience that now with the second shot I can speak for some of my coworkers and everything. They sure. were getting hit hard with it. Generalized body aches, mm. you know. It's like almost symptom-like. Yes. COVID symptom-like. Yeah. Yes. And and there was one of my coworkers. Um, they had to stay out for three days and everything just because they felt awful. Is that the wise thing to do if you get a, sh- a COVID vaccine? Uh, maybe not after the first dose, but like the second dose like taking some time off of whatever you're doing just to make sure you're not going to be uh, feeling those symptoms and so that was going to be that was going to be an initial protocol and everything like that just because for nurses yeah exactly because we're so immature with this vaccine and everything mm-hmm. like that we we don't know a lot about it this is the first time we're seeing it but yes they said if you were symptomatic you know take take a little time off you know which there's nothing wrong with that and everything like that me personally i didn't feel it so i'm just took my happy ass to work <laughs> but um but yeah but like but the second one was really the one that really got a lot of people all right do you know the difference between the dose of the first and the second like i'm not gonna ask you to be a scientist or anything but like <laughs> like what what is different about the second dose compared to the first dose I you know what I don't think there's there's is there more of a dose in the sec like you said there was like what point three milliliters yeah and I think it was the same it was volume. the same for both I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure 
And I think it's just, uh, I, I think the biggest thing with the second dose is just the duration between the first one and everything like that. I think it's still the same live vaccine. And also, I just wanted to stress to the viewers and to the public and everything, this vaccine, there's no live virus in it. Just <laughs> just like there's a very misconception with the flu vaccine, you're not getting the live virus and everything like that. You are being supplied different types of antigens that will help with your immune system. T-cells, B-cells to really help fight off the virus and everything. So, no, the government is not giving you COVID with this vaccine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I told these boys, like, you know, I want to spit some knowledge to the public okay. real quick. Spit it. Which is fine. <laughs> spit it in the um, mic. All right. This is coming from a guy who's had COVID. Yeah. I've had COVID. And uh, we talk about the effects of the vaccine, like the side effects of the vaccine, what it can do to you. I've had COVID. I know what COVID can do to you. I don't want that shit again. <laughs> so, and I, I've um, I've talked to a guy. I don't, I've talked to a guy. <laughs> A guy. Here we go. The guy. I don't know what this guy does. <laughs> he does something with the medical field because I'm pretty sure he used to work at VCOM. But I don't know if he's a former doctor or what. But he says if you've had COVID, like myself, that you develop some kind of T-cell immunity. Mm-hmm. And that if I get COVID again, because they say like 90 days, they won't... They, um, Stress to people, if you've gotten COVID within the last 90 days, to not get vaccinated mm-hmm. until that 90 days is up. Mm-hmm. Um, How so? Because um, I don't know if you can contract COVID again in that 90-day, mm-hmm. but where mine, I can contract COVID and give people COVID, mm-hmm. um, even though I've had it. Yeah. He said that since I've had it, that I'll be most likely asymptomatic. I'll never experience the symptoms I had before. So I signed up. I registered to be vaccinated very soon. Um, do you think people who have had COVID should still get vaccinated relatively soon? Absolutely, but it's just like what you said. If you had COVID, and you know, there's still because there's some people who think since if they had COVID back in the summer that they don't have to get vaccinated mm-hmm. now that you have like a year or so of immunity, mm-hmm. and that's not true. Mm-mm. No, and my thing is is like going off of what you said about the ninety days thing because. Uh, my sister, she actually uh, contracted COVID, and they were recommending her because she wanted to sign up to get the vaccine as well. But they recommended, and I think it's anywhere between, I want to say 60 to 90 days if you've already had the virus and everything. They don't recommend it. And I think it has to do some type of immunological process to where your body's already trying to fight the active virus that you just had that you don't need to get the vaccine as well because there may be some adverse reactions as far as with that because your body's already working to fight it now i can't i can't attest too much of like you know going further into that and everything you know because like at the end of the day i'm not i'm a nurse i'm not an epidemiologist i mean well a lot of people on the internet think they're epidemiologists yeah yeah so um I don't know if you answered this already. After the second dose, how long does that last? Um, it's so, I mean... Are you trying to ask a question like, okay, you got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. How long does it work until you have to be vaccinated again? again. I, you know what? I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, we're going to yeah, try... this is all new. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have to wait well, and what see. What I'm saying is, all right, you, you got to take this shot, but then you got to take another one. Mm-hmm. Are you going to have to take an additional one? In just a few months, as is far, that what they're saying? As or? far as what I'm seeing, there's only the two-shot vaccine, and we're going to try and figure out if this is going to have to be a seasonal thing, kind of mm-hmm. like flu. Yeah. I yeah. expect it will be. Same. 
and and a lot of people think that this is going to be a seasonal thing but you know left arm flu right arm COVID. <laughs> there you go <laughs> there you go which and you know i knew a lot of people were probably not going to take the covid vaccine because you, you know you take how long the flu vaccine's been out right there's still people that don't take it mm-hmm. you know medical professionals i've <laughs> never taken a flu <laughs> shot and it's not because i'm anti-vaccine or anything i just never <laughs> i've just never taken it yeah <laughs> Well, see, my, my thing is, is like, and I keep an open mind. Like, I know people have their opinions, beliefs, and everything like that, and that doesn't affect me. But I, like, the anti-vax people and everything, how the media, like, makes fun of them. I, I'm sorry. It's just hilarious. Right. Like, right. If you ever want some good um, anti-vax memes and everything. Uh, hit you uh, up? Oh, hit, no, hit up Ratchet Daddy. Oh, okay. Ratchet, Ratchet Daddy has some really good ones. Jesus. Oh, no, it, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. But, <laughs> but uh, like, if you like that dark humor and whatnot, yeah, go ahead and hit him up. Of course. <laughs> the new sh- uh, strand of uh, COVID. What do we know about this? Oh, it I don't from know the much. UK. Yeah. It mm. comes from the UK. I guess it mutated? Yeah. <laughs> this is bro science bro bro epidemiology going on right now i'm pretty sure it's in the united states but i don't know where mm-hmm. so yeah going back to with the the new strand with what you were saying steve so my thing is like coronavirus really came about last january because i remember i was sitting in san jose airport coming back from costa rica and i just heard something about coronavirus that was uh that was kind of coming up in Asia and everything like that. I didn't think much of it, you know, because I was just tired as hell just trying to get back to the United States. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, my thing of it is, is like, you know, with it being almost over a year old, and it's kind of very much like influenza, you know, you know, we don't get the same flu vaccine every year, you know, because there's a new strand of flu almost every so year. So you got to constantly evolve. Yes. So when someone said, you know, oh, there's a new strand of COVID uh, popping up in Europe and everything like that. So that mean, was probably to be expected. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, like uh, viruses can develop new strands and everything like that. And, you know, it's just and it's, you know, we're hitting that year mark and everything. And, you know, it's very probable that that was going to occur anyways. So. I mean, and everyone's kind of freaking out and everything, but, like, you know, of course. Like, yeah, the media told me it was supposed to kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you thought the old strand was bad. Wait till you see the new strand. <laughs> Zombies. So, going to the new strand, the new strain, this vaccine is still equipped to protect people from that strain. Now, see, now that I don't know, because, I mean, my thing is, is, like, they focused all their... Time on, on the like current one, like you know the one that we were fighting and everything like that, and you know, and that's how they developed this vaccine. So, as far as with the new strain, that's I, why I think it's going to be a seasonal thing, and we're mm-hmm. going to like what you said, where they develop new flu vaccines um, often to combat new v- versions of the flu. I think it's going to be a seasonal thing for a decade, perhaps of maybe forever. It, it, it could. It's a possibility. It could, but that's what I was. Um, is this uh, is this going to deter people away from getting vaccinated? Because they're like, if I get vaccinated from this strain of COVID, I will I won't be protected from the the other strains of COVID. You know, it's just kind of up in the air, man. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors, and unfortunately, a lot of negative influencers that are really going to prevent most people from getting the vaccine. Do you follow Fauci? What are your What are your views on him? 
Wait, Fauci. Dr. Dr. Fauci. Fauci. The head of the coronavirus task force. I actually don't follow him and everything. What has he been... I haven't heard from him in months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've just read where he's like, oh, maybe uh, movie theaters come back in the fall. Mm. When did he say that? I saw an article like last week when he said that. In the fall? Yeah. It's well, a year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, and then there's a fear going off from that. There's a fear that I have is that people are going to get vaccinated. The people that do, and then, you know, they're going to be like, well, I'm vaccinated, you know. The world needs to get back on its shit, you know. Like I, I, I need to continue my regular life now. I'm vaccinated. I'm protected and everything. Yeah. And you I have, think, I think that's going to prevent people from wearing masks. You know, going to prevent them from doing social distancing. Because you have to, you have to continue what we've been doing mm-hmm. the past year until almost everyone gets vaccinated. Right. Like it's just going to have to keep. That's why I think the mask thing is going to be around for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I had this idea. It's probably dumb, but um, what if they came up with a thing where. You get vaccinated and you have like uh, evidence that you took the vaccine. What if, like, say, like what he has, yeah, the card. Yeah. What if, like, say, stores, just for example, Walmart, have like this scanner or whatever, and you scan the card. That way, you don't have to wear a mask as you walk in, because you know how people are so anti-mask still. Mm Now it's just like a way of living. I tell you what, that's going to piss a lot of people off. Seeing people exactly. walk around not wearing Unvac- masks, unvaccinated yeah. people, they're just going to be like, "Well, he doesn't have to wear a mask. Well, I'm not going to wear it either." Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's you're going to see a lot of that. Well, because you I'm, think that will? I'm not sure. Be a, a thing. Idea. I'm not sure. That's a good I, idea. I, I don't think. I mean, in my opinion. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, just, just because. I mean, you know, not everyone. I don't personally either. I'm just thinking, what if they came up with something like that? No. It just cause even more harm. I do think, however, and some of my colleagues and I have been talking about this. You know, a lot of us like to travel. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I've been waiting to go out of the country. You know, because I was going to wait until coronavirus was at the tail end and everything until where it was safe. Because right. I mean, hell, I went to Colorado to see my cousin, and I had to quarantine for two, well, almost two weeks before I could go back to work because I was on a plane, mm-hmm. which made a whole lot of sense because I wore an N95 and the air is constantly being filtered out of the plane but yet some of my colleagues go to a restaurant where you're sitting right on top of people and they're not mm. wearing masks but and I I didn't even go to a hot spot I was in the middle like the very low population of Colorado just doing some white water rafting didn't and, they say like in an airplane's like the safest place to be it's not the safest but like but my thing is it's like you know it's no it's better than like i said like sitting at a restaurant mm-hmm. or like you go into the flipping grocery store when you're right on top of yeah, each the grocery other. Right. Store's the problem i have like I'm, leaving grocery stores open but like some of these states not having restaurants open right it makes no sense to have one of the and one thing uh nfl playoffs are going on right now <laughs> all right i watched the game last night there's two games on yesterday the green bay packers played at home and the buffalo bills played at home these states in Wisconsin and New York haven't allowed fans at the games all year long. Mm-hmm. Playoff games start; they're allowing fans. Oh no! It's How a, many? A couple thousand, a few thousand. Like Green Bay had maybe ten thousand, and and, and mm. Buffalo had like six thousand. But this is the thing: um, they can't. They didn't have fans at the games the entire year. Mm-hmm. But for the playoffs, they let people in the stands during what? We hear right now the darkest days of COVID because mm-hmm. the cases around the country are going up. That just tells me it's about money. Revenue. Yeah. They're letting their, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you let your teams have fans the whole year then? Yeah. If you're going to let them happen for the playoffs. Conspiracy. The, the hypocrisy around COVID right now. 
that's what I'm saying. You can go to TSA. They're, t- they're taking millions of people a day at, at airports. Mm-hmm. But you can't have restaurants open in some states? Like, what the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much like a yin-yang thing, you know? Like, you know, like... I, I haven't quite understood it, but the thing of it is, it's like, it's all about revenue. It's all about the money being made and everything like that. Yeah, everyone's lost money during this. Oh, yeah. You know, and some corporations, like, you know, they very well could last after, like, you know, a little pandemic's not really going to affect them and everything Especially like, that. like Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. And drive through restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like, chains. Am- Amazon. Did yes. Not, did not take one hit from COVID, because right. everyone was still shopping and everything like that. But... But no, I mean, I, I I don't think it's right, especially, like, with them, like, in the heat of COVID right now. And, like, to let them go into the playoff thing. Letting – haven't let them in all year. Mm. Haven't had fans all year. Playoff games. Oh, you can you can pack the stands with a certain amount of people. Football runs the country. <laughs> well, why weren't they in the stands the whole year? Yeah. And I think it probably has to do with the general managers and all these football clubs, you know, because it's like, you know, hey, you know, we have got to make some money and everything because we took a hit – to this and everything so playoffs of course is going to be our biggest revenue exactly so and uh uh, and head coaches have been uh very uh they're like home field advantage in football Mm -hmm. fans in the stands uh the new orleans saints head coach had an idea he said why don't we quarantine fifty thousand people for two weeks before the playoff game and then let them go to the stadium Wear masks so we can have home field advantage and try to do it safe. That's going to be the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Not the stupidest thing. Florida Gators University head football coach, Mm -hmm. Dan Mullen, said he wanted 80,000 people in the stands. God. And guess what? His team had an outbreak of COVID the next week, and he got it the next week. Mm. Don't you think it's crazy? You think it's crazy now when we throw out numbers like 80,000 in the stand last year? That's like normal. Two years ago, he's like, "That's awesome." Yeah. Now it's like, "Ooh, yeah, yeah, he's kind of cringe." <laughs> like I'm hearing millions of people going through TSA every day. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> people can't go to restaurants in California. It makes yeah. no fucking sense. Well, California's just done. Like Not. you know, mass gatherings and everything. It has become the norm to like you know, like just negate that. You know, yeah. like it's just like. Ugh. Yeah, I was watching news the other night. Uh, of a, it was a clip of uh, people from last year, and they were sitting like right in front of one another, and I was like, "Ugh, <laughs> no. I was just cringing." I was like, God. Well, "Think about it. Think the fucking what is it? The air part or, or the the particles that go from someone's mouth to someone's nose?" I was like, "He's got to cover his face." Yeah, well, <laughs> think about the stuff that we were doing like in Vegas and everything, like you know, oh. going back on that, and I'm just like, "Oh, God. <laughs> and that and oh, good lord, Vegas said if. The pandemic was going there. That would be the cesspool. That would be the absolute cesspool and breeding ground of like well, the, getting. The last big thing I was at was when we went to the UFC event. Mm-hmm. Tons of people there. Yeah, and that was that was like the last thing we great thing went out and did. Yeah. yeah. So and and one thing. Okay, I'm I'm really I'm really glad. I'm kind of separated from normal now. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of separated from normal, yeah. and uh, a lot of people aren't separated from normal. Yeah, which I don't know how you couldn't be, mm-hmm. but that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But what were you going to say, Tanner? I'm glad you really brought up sports because there is one thing throughout this pandemic that has, frankly, it's really pissed me off and everything like that, and that's the availability of rapid COVID tests. Rapid COVID tests. Rapid mm. COVID tests for all these sport mm-hmm. leagues, mm-hmm. but we can't have rapid COVID tests to go to a movie theater. We can't have rapid COVID tests to go to restaurants. We can't have a rapid COVID test to go to concerts. We can't have rapid COVID tests to go to comedy events. How do we as a nation end up 
getting rapid COVID tests as an availability all times. Mm. Why has that not happened? Well, see, and my thing is, is like, you know, rapid COVID tests for the flipping hospitals. You know, at a time, you know, we were given more rapid tests to like MLB players than we were to the flipping hospitals. And my thing of it is, it's like the the accuracy of a rapid test, you know, is still kind of like on the fence and everything like that. But, you know, within our hospital system and everything, you know, if we have, uh, like I was telling earlier about an admission hold and everything like that, and there's a chance that we can get them to an actual hospital bed, not the ER, one thing that we do is a rapid test, you know, because obviously if they're negative, okay, they're negative, we can send them to a regular floor. We don't have to send them to the COVID unit and everything like that. But for the longest time, we weren't allowed to have rapids. So what were we doing? We were doing the traditional one that came back two or three days. And, oh, shit, you know, you were sitting in the ER for two or three days. And that's why we got so, like, crowded up, like, with patients and everything like that. And, you know, it's, it's gotten better because, you know, we, we are allowed rapids for some patients and everything like that. Because one thing of it is, it's like, you know, there's a specific medical care unit that we're sending COVID patients to. And then there's, like, you know, PCU, surgical, like, all that different stuff, you know. But, you know, that rapid COVID test or, like, just any type of, like, COVID test, like, you know, is kind of, like, the determining factor. Or, like, if I can get you out of the ER in a timely fashion, you know. And, and oh God, there's, like, so many different swabs that we're doing now. There's, like, there's a Virginia Department of Health one, but, like, most facilities don't take it. You have the rapid, then you have the traditional. Then now they have this one that tests for rapid and flu, I mean, um, COVID and flu at the same time. You know, oh, there's, wow. Where I'm hitting people with a bunch of swabs and everything like that. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've been swabbing people for over a year now. God <laughs> bless. Cole just shit his pants over there. <laughs> I don't like the kind of things you hear on this show. I was scared to say I about got knocked off the bench with that one, brother. At God. least you were turning the other way. <laughs> Sitting here with his big ass headphones in, just I can't wait to hear that. He's grinning. <laughs> I, before I leave today, I do have to hear that playback. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, oh, God. oh God! But yeah, dude, when when you have to have a patient and you have to tell them for the third time, hey, I have to swab your nose and everything. Like oh, I'm just I'm just waiting for someone to deck me right in the face because that is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever been through. It's terrible. <laughs> Eight I, seconds each nostril. It t- well, it's supposed to be ten. Ten. It might have been ten. It was a long time. Well, so, I was just like, oh, get it over with. Cry my eyes out. Well, so, and, like, people, they look at the swab and everything, and you think about it. It's about yay long, so roughly about, like, it's a, it's, pretty, it's a pretty good, like, you know, six inches up the nose and everything. And it's, yeah, like, touching this, my eyeball. There's this little red uh, piece at the very end of it where you actually hold it, and you're supposed to snap it off and put it in the test tube and everything. And then, like, how far you got to go in there? And I was like, you see this red line? And they're like, yeah. And then they're like, that's how far I have to go. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> that, all right. I remember uh, you. I'm, I, I told you about my testing, mm-hmm. and you said it wasn't the cor- correct way. It was. They barely went. They like. They just took the cotton in my nose, mm-hmm. not all the way up. Sometimes they let people COVID test themselves. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Well, and and to that extent, no, no. Because like, I have. I, I took the the uh, test twice. Mm-hmm. And they did, they did the same exact thing. Mm. They didn't go all the way up in my brain. That's oh, what people say. that's why people. That's why I was like, dude, they touched like my brain. <laughs> <laughs> they were up, like with my eyeball. <laughs> so I, I mean, my thing of it is like some people are just like, well, 
Yes, as long as you, it's like a very light way to put it. As long as you get some boogers on that swab and put it in, you should be good. That's no, what I'm no, like, that, what if I don't have any boogers in my nose? No, if there's a good little portion in your nasopharynx and everything where um, most viruses and everything like to hang out, and it's like, it's right up in there, and you have to really push up there. It's like there's this kind of like little ethmoid bone or whatever, yeah. and you got to push past that, and you really got to swab and everything uh, in there. But, uh, and I think that's how we got a lot of false positive, false negatives, because people were not doing it properly. And, and I'll tell you, I've had it done twice. Mm-hmm. And luckily, in, during this whole pandemic, I've never had COVID. But so I was telling you, I got back from Colorado. And one of the parts of my quarantine is like, you know, after like, you know, six or seven days, I had to get tested. So I go to this drive through on Postal Drive in Roanoke, and there's this woman. She's, like, suited up to the gill and PPE and everything, and she had me roll her, uh, my window down. Well, um, she knew I was a nurse and everything. I was a career employee. So I was just sitting there in my driver's seat, and she was like, all right, dear, just look up to the roof of your ceiling and everything like that. Well, she started going at me, and, and, and you know, it is <laughs> – it is a common instinct to like when something is being shoved up your nose to tilt your head back. Well, this, and I'm sorry, this bitch <laughs> is in the cab of my truck, like waist over the window oh, in my truck, jabbing that thing in my nose. And <laughs> she was like reluctant about getting me to like, you know, sit still. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, that was awful. It, it was terrible. And then one of my bosses had to, like, they, they went ahead and decided to do a rapid on me because that one took three days and they were really short stuff. And then she was, like, so you got COVID. You got COVID tested twice in a week. Oh, gosh, in, like, two days. And it was awful, man. <laughs> it was awful. If there's anybody who needs to uh, test themselves, it's probably a nurse who knows what the hell they're doing. I Instead of sending COVID tests to people who, like, oh, I'm just cleaning out my nose. Do they do, um, like, FaceTime? Like, do they FaceTime their patients? Or do they just send it and then hope that they do it right? No. So, I mean, and we've evolved from that towards the beginning, like, you know, to where medical professionals are the ones that are supposed to do it. Yeah. And me, myself, you know, I don't think I can force myself to put that up my nose and do the like, proper, the proper procedure. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly, you know, it's kind of like to an extent, like, you know, Teddy, I'm going to hand you this knife. I need you to cut off this portion of your pinky and I need you to do it properly. <laughs> Right now, that's no, I don't. Hard to do. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I really don't. Um, that's a good uh, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, basically, yeah. It I, fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Very uncomfortable things. <laughs> that was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done. He's <laughs> getting that COVID right. test. But no, I every mean, time, like the second time, I'm like still, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, when I told you guys it wasn't that bad, I, or I don't know if someone was like. What'd they do to you? And mm-hmm. I was like, they shoved it into my brain. Yeah. And they were like, I didn't get that test. And I was like, we're well, lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. But I got the accurate test, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I knew I had it. But obviously, the, the two to three day send off, that's going to be your most accurate one. And luckily, now, um, they're, they're also doing my blood tests to, che- to test antigens if you did have it. So obviously, if I was, well, both of you guys had it, correct? COVID? COVID, yeah. No, I haven't. You haven't had Not it. Not that I'm aware of. No. But, but you, you've had it. Yeah. So now we can test blood antigens and everything to see if you had it. And you can even donate plasma to people that have it in the hospital. We're actually treating people with COVID, COVID pneumonia. Uh, yeah, COVID pneumonia is a thing now. It's a viral Ooh. pneumonia. 
Uh, whereas, like, you know, like, whenever you hear, like, a, an old person going into the hospital, they have pneumonia, like, community-acquired, normally it's bacterial. Mm-hmm. But, like, a viral pneumonia um, that's came off from COVID, we treat them with an antiviral I, um, intravenously, and then we also give them plasma and everything, and they've said that it's actually helped with the outcomes with people who've had it. Um, Let me ask this. I saw something where it, whoever gets COVID... Um, they'll have like lifelong side effects or exactly. like problems. You had it. You mentioned your cardio wasn't as good. Is it, is that correct? Because I saw well, that's because I'm a lazy piece of shit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I saw an article where it compared uh, normal lungs to COVID lungs. Yeah, there's and it was there's drastically there, bad. No, no, it scars your lungs. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it scarred my lungs or anything because I didn't have a cough or anything. I'm not sure if it still can. I I, I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. I probably should have went and uh, followed up on that. Mm-hmm. But I, I had some uh, chest pains not too long ago. Like yeah. really bad chest pains. And mm-hmm. I, I was kind of getting scared, but I didn't go to the doctor because they stopped. Um, but I, I know some people who are, who've had COVID, uh, you know, what's recent, like three months within the last... They're still not at their best. Mm-hmm. And... I think it took me about a month to finally, like, feel 100%. But I got a guy I live with who's still dealing with stuff from COVID. Right. Uh, we work with someone who's still feeling effects of COVID. And it's been weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's what I went to the vaccine, uh, back to the vaccine. People worried about side effects of the vaccine, long-term effects. And I'm just like, guys, COVID causes long-term vac- or, or effects, too, compared to the vaccine. We're gonna have to pick. No. Do we want to be vaccinated or do do we want COVID? No. And and to to go off from what you said as far as the long term effects and everything. So and I'm, I completely forgot to mention this. So one thing that we're dealing with as a hospital system right now is yes, there is like what you would say is scarring to the lung tissue. One term that they've given is and they normally determine it with a chest X-ray or a CAT scan of the chest. It's called ground glass opacities and everything like that. What a and, name. Yeah. And pretty much what it is, it's like, you know, you can say it's like scarring, lung, uh, scarring to the lung tissue and everything. And, yes, it's going to cause chest pain and difficulty breathing even like two months after uh, having COVID. Now, one problem that is coming from COVID and everything is people's uh, – Coagulation, which is clotting factors, it's affecting their clotting factors, and now they're coming in, they've had COVID, and now they're getting blood clots in their lungs. Very easy. Wow. Very easy. And how we determine that, there's a specific blood test, it's called a D-dimer, that is very signifying of someone having a blood clot, and now they were admitted probably a month ago due to respiratory distress, hypoxia due to COVID, now they're coming back in to hypoxia difficulty breathing due to blood clots in their lungs and everything like that so just because but and but a lot of it has to do with more of like the older population and everything like that but you know there's still uh, like the youth population younger people like us they're still feeling these effects and everything like that all i'm saying is and i've said this before would you rather have covid or would you rather have a vaccine medicine in your system Mm mm-hmm I would take the latter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, I mean, people, and, and so people, so many people, they, and they don't know because they don't see it on a first hand 
experience and everything mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, I have seen so many people, like, you know, come up and die from this. This is why you're on here, so you can inform these people. Yes, and uh, there's two things. Well, there's a few things I want to tell to people is that, you know, it is still very serious. Like, Here's some helpful advice right here. (laughs) We've intubated 18-year-olds. We've intubated 80-year-olds due to COVID and everything like that. COVID does not discriminate. Yeah, and and people are... Well, people are always worried they're just COVID's not prejudiced. Yeah. No, it gets gets all the categories. But it's not because, like, you know, people... Like, you know, people that really suffer from COVID, you know, you're, like, uh, COPDers and CHFers. Now, to give you that, that is... uh, COPD is uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and CHF is congestive heart failure. Now... You take people that already have pulmonary, which is lung issues, and you give them this virus and everything. You know, yeah, it's going to affect them worse and everything like that. But like I said, I've had, I've had an eighteen-year-old that has no health problems and everything, and they flipping got so sick that yeah, you had to intubate them, mm. and they went to an ICU level of care. God. And you know, and and you couldn't have said it better. COVID does not discriminate people. <laughs> yeah. It's it's coming after you regardless. You know. But yeah. it's the inevitable. It yeah. is. It is. Well, that's all I have on my list. Do you have any other questions I ask him? I was. Uh, this is not like a question for Tanner or anything. Um, we keep hearing about vaccine rollout in certain states, how it's slow. Virginia actually ranks 48 out of 50 states oh, wow. in vaccine rollout. And. I anticipated getting the vaccine. What, what was I saying all year? September, mm-hmm. fall. I'm probably going to get it next month. You going to get it stuck in your eye? Is that what you said in that one episode? Yeah, I'll take it straight to the eyeball. Yeah. It makes me feel better. And I said I'll just take it straight up to my butt. Put it between the webs of my toes, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Stick it anywhere, dude. But uh, <laughs> stick it anywhere you like. That made my knees hurt. <laughs> yeah, we told, we told a guy at work it makes your dick bigger so that he should get the vaccine. <laughs> It's like, I'll think about it. <laughs> but, I might need it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, uh, you talk about, you hear about these states with the rollout. New York is having a really tough time rolling out the vaccine. I've read a stat where, per capita, West Virginia has given more people vaccines than New York. Wow. How do we make this like a federal rollout? Because you've heard Joe Biden say, in his first hundred days of office, he's going to try and vaccinate a hundred million people. What was the thing? One point nine trillion is what he's his plan for COVID. I guess. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, they're he. I guess he's trying to figure out a vaccine distribution plan. Yeah. But is it being rolled out fast enough? Because I kind of think it is. Yeah. It just like we just got just a thousand seniors mm-hmm. in our county over seventy five, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get it next month, and I didn't even. I expected to get it in the fall. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, everybody was talking about this vaccine coming, coming, and then when it came, it's like, whoa, it's you can get it right here. You can get it. Well, and and the biggest thing is, as far as with distribution and everything, my thing is, is like, they want to supply, you know, adequate quantities of it, but you have to have enough for the people that already received the first one. Exactly. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. You got to get the people with the first dose. Because, I mean, and my thing is, like, you're only getting 50 or 45% of it the first time. 
but then say if there's not enough and you don't even get a chance to take it after that 21 days i mean i'm not going to say that like you know it's completely useless at this point because i mean you have some type of immunity but it's going to benefit you more if you get the second one right you know and that's what they have to take into account for you know like you know I, we want to get everyone vaccinated, but we have to save enough because this is a two-part vaccination process. So, and, and and a lot of people, a lot of people I've seen it on the news and everything through various states and counties and everything like that, they're, they're complaining, you know, I was promised a vaccine, I've been waiting out here for four hours, and then they turned me away, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know, they're doing the best they can, Yeah. you know. I mean, and this is a very short time of time because in, in reality, I was kind of like you. I was just like, I didn't think I was going to get vaccinated until like the fall yeah. or something like that. I didn't know it was going to come that quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we had been hearing about it in December, the vaccine, and then you get vaccinated that same month. Yeah. And then now it's available everywhere pretty much. I remember sitting in my recliner and my unit director messages me and we're like, yeah, uh, sign up on uh, – our webpage to get your vaccine. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you are the guinea pig for yeah. Corellia. <laughs> you were one of the first ones to get it. But, uh, you made history. I, I, but I'm fine. I'm living. I'm so, doing great. So what do you think, where do you think COVID goes from here? I had problems during the summer with the rhetoric from some of our politicians. Uh, we got the incoming president, Joe Biden, and Donald Trump when they were debating. Incoming! And, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden would keep saying, or Donald Trump would say, we're learning to live with the virus. And then Joe Biden would argue, uh, we're learning to die with the virus. Mm. And I have a problem with what he was saying. Mm -hmm. We, in March, shut everything down. You know, we've had some situations at work, Teddy, we've talked about how the virus wasn't, the virus wasn't even here yet. Right. And people were freaking out. We are learning to live our lives with the virus Mm -hmm. even the death toll how bad it is we have got to keep living with the virus we've got to find we can't shut everything down yeah and expect to eradicate it in a few months Mm -hmm. so like where does this go from here how long do you do we will it take to get everyone vaccinated you can't let that because it's you're basically letting covid win taking over everything Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna spread like this regardless Mm -hmm. um you can't let it win that way you still have to live your life. Exactly. Because then it will affect mentally, you know. Well, well these businesses can't make businesses. any money. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Looking at it, even Chicago, even yeah. Chicago, the Chicago mayor, who's a Democrat, the New York governor, Democrat, they have said we can't continue to shut down, which makes me wonder. Well, why weren't you saying this in the summer? Mm-hmm. Um. Why weren't you? Why weren't you trying to combat this issue earlier of the economic fallout from COVID? And it leads to conspiracy from the right saying that they wanted to sh- shut everything down until a new president came in and he opened it up, and it looks like they did the right thing. But why weren't they doing this sooner? Why weren't they doing this sooner? They, you can't like what you said. You can't let COVID win. Mm-hmm. You have got to find a way to live with the virus. And that's one problem I had with uh, what Joe Biden was saying. I was like, stop saying we're learning to die with the virus. Mm. Stop saying that. Are you saying... Um, they should have come to... Maybe the- they just, you know, they screwed up. Or maybe it's something else. No, no, no. I think they screwed up. Yeah. Because I'm not conspiratorial like that. Right. I think they screwed up, and they should have been saying this stuff months ago. Months ago. Mm-hmm. They had to take in... 
into consideration what it was going to do to the economy. I don't know why it took them nine months to start saying this stuff, but they're saying it now. So, like, where do we go from here? And I think a big portion of that, too, is, I mean, we had no God honest defense measures. And, and you know, and us as a nation, you know, if we could just take a step back and really look at what the coronavirus did, like, you know, we were so unprepared for anything like this from from an economical standpoint and just as far as, like, at a medical standpoint, mm-hmm. too. Like, we were not ready for anything like this mm-hmm. whatsoever. And, I mean, I understand the social distancing and, you know, to an extent as far as shutting down because, you know, we were trying to stop the spread of it towards the beginning and because we were trying to limit interaction because, you know, it wasn't that bad in the United States where it ran rampant through Europe and different parts of Asia, Middle East, and everything like that. But, yeah, but like, as the United States and everything, like you said, you know, if we don't have any type of revenue and, like, these people, like, you know, like, small businesses and everything, they have completely suffered. Like, you know, people are unemployed. Like, it's still still unemployed yeah. and everything like that you know some of these big businesses and everything like yeah no people eventually got to go back to work but like you know people are going to live with the long term long-term effects of covid for the rest of their lives yeah mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying yeah where was this rhetoric in june no. and uh august and, and when this, the second wave came and this that one. they <laughs> they <laughs> could have prepared for a second wave how did they not prepare for a second wave. How do you not have more hospital beds? How do you not have more ventilators? How, how do you not have more PPE? They got caught off guard two or three times during this. How do you not learn from your first mistakes? And they even, some people, warned people about the season, like winter. Dr. Fauci was saying it. Yeah. And it, it came across as, he doesn't even want you to see your family after you've not seen them all year. What he said was, he wants what you- happened? He wants you to see their fam or your family like you know later on. <laughs> don't, he doesn't want you to die really? and not see them ever again. Well, I mean, the, or them to die. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> I mean, because like you know, and we and we were preparing for this in a hospital aspect because you know, it, flu season's hard enough. But when you had Corona on top of it, like you know, I mean, we knew we were. I want to get the flu here in a second. Yeah. And and I, and I mean and like as far as with the holidays and everything, you know, they hit the nail right on the head. I'm I'm sorry. You know, this was one holiday season mm-hmm. that you're just going to have to... That we like, skipped out. I skipped yeah. out on all oh, yeah. I didn't have any of uh, Yeah, I mean, around. my family had it. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and uh, I spent it with, like, my aunt's family. I didn't even... Like, my immediate family. I didn't even see for Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's good portion there's of, like... some sacrifices you have to make. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you know what? There's always next year. Exactly. There's always plenty of years. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And... Oh, you know, it's not like last year. Well, yeah. Mom, Dad, next year is always an option. Here's the it's always there. There's a chance that, we like, you know, Mom and Dad might not year. be there next year yeah. if you would just like we might get not make like normal. It. You know, it's not even that the fear that they'll die; it's the fear that they'll get really sick and have these long-term issues that we were talking about. Exactly. Like, you don't have to when you when you associate coronavirus. When I got coronavirus, I didn't think, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking die." Right. I never thought that. Right. But I was like, I'm going to kill somebody. What could this do to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's done to me yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what, <laughs> like, any future implications that I may have. But, uh, and I want to get into the flu, Tanner. Because an argument people would make at the beginning of Corona, the flu kills this amount of people every year. Mm-hmm. If we're so 
concerned about COVID deaths. Are we going to turn our attention to the flu deaths once the COVID goes away? Or doesn't go away, but isn't as a problem as it is now? Are we going to start treating the flu similar to coronavirus? Because if a, if a COVID death matters, then does a flu death matter? I mean, Do we it, wear masks to combat the flu? It's still it's still the top virus that has taken lives over many of decades, many of decades. And the reason why this one was hit so hard is just because we had no knowledge about it. We had no way to protect ourselves. Like, you know, we all, we all we always have a flu vaccine and everything like that. But my thing is, it's like, you know, there's just so many weird effects with this COVID, like with the COVID um, virus and everything like that, and how it's affecting as far as like people our age and people older and everything like that, you know, we, we get the flu. We get the flu. And it's, no, I, get it's, it. I get it often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you get the sniffles, generalized body aches, body aches. You just feel like shit for a week and everything like that. They try to get you to take Tamiflu, and this is no low blow at Tamiflu, but I think it is the most pointless medication to get while you're getting <laughs> flu. I'm sorry. Like, I've taken it once. Um, it it tastes, didn't really help. It tastes, like, it tastes awful. Yes, oh, my it tastes God. Like shit. And I, I feel like it doesn't even help with symptoms and everything like that but anyways but i mean you know it's still a very important virus that you need to address address that's what i'm saying i'm, I'm like ha- have people messed up mm-hmm. by pointing out the flu because we've learned to live with the flu mm-hmm. we're learning to live with covid did we mess up did people mess up by comparing it to the flu so much that we're going to turn our attention back to the flu and learn how to treat that no question. Yeah. I mean, only if, if COVID does matter, do flu deaths matter? And they do. They do. They right? do. And I mean, it's very common knowledge, and you know, any medical I professional. I had no idea the flu did this to people mm-hmm. before COVID. Right. I had no idea it killed this many people. I knew it was very uh, contagious. Yeah. I, I knew a lot of people got it. There's a flu season. There's a flu shot for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea it killed this amount of people. But have people messed up? And are we going to treat the flu similar to coronavirus? And the flu's been around for, <laughs> I don't even know how many years it's been around. But we've learned to live with it. Have we messed up in pointing that out? <laughs> well, do you, that I we're think gonna time have, will tell. Exactly. Time will tell. But do you know But do you know what's funny, though? Like, do you remember, it's it's very much mandated. It's like when we, before we go to public schools and everything, we have to get our uh, measles, mumps, and rubella, or like polio vaccine, like all these different ones and everything like that. But do you know the whole time we went through school and everything, you know, it was not mandatory for us to get a flu shot. Right. You know, and um, like, you know, it's dependent on your parents and everything because like, you know, I can't make a conscientious choice for myself as an eight-year-old. Like, mom, dad, I want a flu shot. No, fuck no. As a kid, you're like, I don't want a shot, Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to do it unless my parents hold me down and I'm guaranteed a damn lollipop yeah. afterwards. But Like I said, when I went to before I went to Raffer, I had to take four shots. I can't remember what it was, but it was mandated. Mm. I think it's going to be mandated. A flu shot? COVID shot. Oh, COVID shot. I see. And then to that rebuttal, I, I'm just like, because, you know, uh, they're not making healthcare workers do it. No. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, when you got it early, um, are they making these healthcare workers do it? No, but like the thing of it is, it's like if you're working within a Korean system, unless you have a legitimate reason to why you cannot receive the flu vaccine, in which there are legitimate reasons. The flu or COVID? 
the flu vaccine. Like, well, like, uh, but no, with the, as far as with that, like, you have to get the flu vaccine if you're working within the Korean system. And it, it like, that is mandated. That is mandated. Okay. But with this COVID uh, vaccine, and it's mainly because, you know, we don't know a lot about it and everything yeah. like that. You know, even, even though, even though the data is out there mm-hmm. and everything, like, and I, I looked up this thing for, I remember us was staring at different articles from who cdc all this stuff and different like um platforms as far as like with the uk before i got it but it's still like you know they're not making the employees get it and which i mean and you know with anything in life there comes a choice you have a choice to do it but my thing is is like i'm conscientious of the people around me Mm -hmm. because i want this to stop yeah i really want this to stop because we need to progress somehow. We need to go forward from, from this virus and everything. Like, you know, we can't let this in. Like you said, we can't let this define human existence and everything and, like, and how we live our lives now. And there is a means to an end. We just all, in my opinion, we all have to participate. You know, wear your mask, wash your hands, um, get the vaccine, you know. I mean, really, like, look up. Like, Work on your immune health. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There was nothing being said in the media about how to stay healthy. Except for Rogan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, literally immune health. Yeah. Like, how do we stay healthy? There was no preaching about that, mm-hmm. which I don't understand because that can help you, <laughs> like, with different stuff, all kinds of different illnesses. Yeah. Um. Well, you you mentioned you wanted to talk about funny stories. And maybe we could segue into something lighter because this is a comedy show. This is a comedy. But this show. might be the most important episode we've ever done. Well, so yeah, we're going to promote this episode as much as possible. So people can, you know, think twice. Maybe I should. That's what I, maybe I should on, get it. Early on, I was, you know, I'm kind of an asshole sometimes. I'm like, if you don't get the COVID vaccine, you're a fucking piece of shit. Like you're a douchebag. You're a douchebag. And then now I'm like just make your own choice. Like, like mm-hmm. what we signed up for at work, I, was like, I had a couple of people ask me about it, and I was like, I'm I'm not going to tell you to get it or not. That's that's entirely up to you. Yeah. Um, I got people telling me they're not going to they're not going to get it, and I'm like, that's entirely up to you. Yeah. So like, I'm I'm glad I've changed my uh, uh, my attitude towards it, mm-hmm. and to not be so uh, divisive because that's what I think is the problem with the country right now. It's too divisive. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to uh, stop. Uh, either shoving the vaccine down people's throats mm-hmm. or and also stop shoving ideas that the vaccine won't work right. down people's throats. Right. It's up to them to make the decision. I think that's the way we need to start uh, treating this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're not going to get anywhere if we keep arguing. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> you said you wanted to hear some funny stories from the ER. Well, well give me, yeah, give me a few and make it <laughs> anonymous, um, just uh, so that you know. Yeah, so I know I was I was telling the boys too, like you know, ex, ex far, as far as like with uh, HIPAA and everything with privacy laws and everything like that, I have to be very broad with my stories. But yeah. I'll tell you an oh, incident God. that happened not too long ago. <laughs> so and I, this will give you a, kind of a mental image of how an ER can burn down real quick. Oh God. So, okay. So I'm sitting at the uh, at the desk and everything. My CTL, she hands me the phone and just like, hey, watch the department. I gotta go to this one room because we were 
it, they were intubating a uh, respiratory distress, and um, I'm not even going to go by as far as like which facility it is, just to remain more anonymous. Well, at that time, you know, there was like 37 people in um, 37 people in a uh, 20-some bed ER. If that tells you anything, there was people in hall beds and everything mm. like that. Shit was just hitting the fan. I had a demented patient that had a very severe laceration on an artery that was kind of like spewing blood, and she's just hollering out anything. Hey! 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 <laughs> she just being very loud, in which, of course, like, you know, they couldn't help it and everything. And, like, with all that going on, there's sick patients left and right, and all of a sudden I'm just sitting there. They're calling me, trying to figure out where to room some of these other sick patients, and then all of a sudden... All of a sudden, this patient that was schizophrenic and bipolar, because in the in the ER, in the ER, other than medical complaints, there's still psychosocial complaints. You know, people that have schizophrenia, bipolar, all that stuff. Yeah, depression. Like you know, we see it all in the ER. Well, all of a sudden, I hear someone just screaming out like you know different type of profanities, and the sheriff officer, because this patient came in as a um, ECO, which ECO meaning emergency uh, containment order. Like, you know, anyone can take an ECO out on anyone. Like, I can, like, call the police and be like, hey, Teddy's, like, batshit crazy. I think he's going to kill me. Come pick him up right now. They'll take you to the ER for a mental health evaluation. Oh, God. Even though there's no signifying, like, reason why. But th- right. there, there was a reasoning behind this particular patient. Well, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she come, uh, he, uh, blah, 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 this person comes, <laughs> this person comes running around the corner the sheriff deputy tackles this patient. She, uh, they almost swing and almost hit this patient that's sitting in a hall. He, the deputy is on this patient. I throw the phone down. I go tackle this patient. I'm at this point, my ass is on their ass, and I'm like straddling this patient, trying to keep them down. Damn. My pharmacist comes and pretty much just sits on their uh, legs, and he trying to handcuff this patient and then the one of the doctors just walks up nonchalant and just like just watches would you like some drugs <laughs> and, no, just like, and drugs meaning like something to help calm this patient potentially yeah. even make him go night night because you know at this point we're worried about the safety of others because this patient is very well not within me- mental reasoning like you know saying not, not saying they're just not conscientious of like what's going on and everything that's going on so did he have uh <sighs> hands behind their back like what you're doing right now yes <laughs> the, and and this poor sheriff's deputy is about half the size of this patient like oh. you know and he was struggling trying to get the handcuffs on this patient and <laughs> We eventually got him, got the patient back to a room, gave him a little shot of uh, Geodon, and that's a good medication to help him uh, relax. And, oh gosh. Oh, like, it's just, it's just like stuff like that, you know, when there's so much going on, and then something like that happens, and you're just like, just exhausted. And then you go back to your assignment, and then you have to deal with the fact that, like, one patient is just like, I asked for ice water at least 15 minutes ago. What the hell? <laughs> because, unfortunately, patients are not aware of what's going on in an right. ER. And for some reason, the public has 
formulated this ER experience, like the pampersy of it and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I'm just like, no, right? <laughs> I will. I'm going to treat your immediate needs, your medical needs, and everything. I'm going to tell you right now, the ER experience. It's not comfortable. You're on an uncomfortable bed. There's a good chance I won't see you for another two hours because the patient next door is probably dying. Right. And you're here for ankle pain <laughs> for ice water so yeah. you can get like somebody that doesn't belong in the er they're just mentally you know unstable correct or well, their er case matters uh differ yeah so and you have to deal with something like that and then all of a sudden i asked for water yeah exactly and I'll get to you in a second. <laughs> so it's it's all based on acuity, and how we do it within the Korean system is the acuity is, goes from one to five. Mm-hmm. One being emergent, like immediate, like come see this patient now. There's something seriously wrong. And then there's a five and a four, which is less like, you know, I can get by with not seeing this patient for another 45 minutes. You know, their needs are not crazy severe. So they, there can be needy patients that don't really need you. So I can ha- <laughs> as much assistance. Yeah. I can have three. I can have two level ones, a two, and then a four. But the four is always the one that's just like, why have I been waiting here forever? And then and you just, what I'd like to tell the public is, it's just like you know you just have to bear with us because, you know, not to go to the extent like, you know, there's someone way sicker than you that needs attention. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that is what it is. Yeah. You know, I'm going to treat you in an appropriate and timely fashion. But, you know, that's that's just how they're, the person that's dying is going to be seen before you. Like, I, I'll give you that's just the way it is. I will give you your ibuprofen and ice water <laughs> momentarily. Let me just get this person to the ICU that has like central lines that's on a million drips that's on the ventilator that's uh, just like 30 minutes ago was requiring chest compressions let me take care of this one and i promise i'll get to you right you know um <laughs> for that person that had the artery what situation were they about three or two <laughs> you're talking about the person that was lacerated spewing blood. oh spewing blood <laughs> well that one was actually, and, it, and it, if it tells you anything with bed spaces, these level ones and twos, sometimes they are in a flipping hallway. They don't even have a bed. And like, we're mm-hmm. trying to find places for them. Well, luckily, we were able to contain the bleeding and everything, and they uh, they had to stay out in the hallway. So but you've seen some shit. Didn't you tell me you got puked on not too long ago? Or someone you knew? Let's see. Oh, uh, got straight up spewed on. Oh, 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 oh. God, oh God. Hold on. We'll have to. We'll have to be very broad with that one. But <laughs> needless to say, there was a patient that came in that was in respiratory failure that they uh, ended up intubating in the field and everything like that. Had a pulse. Had a pulse, and uh, they got to us, and. All of a sudden, we were checking. We were like, oh, they don't have any pulses. Well, one of my coworkers begins to do chest compressions and everything like that. Well, what essentially happened, and we found out <laughs> under the circumstances that this patient must have uh, potentially aspirated on their own vomit because when they went to do the chest compressions, the vomit went through the breathing tube and it shot up and even went to the ceiling and it got all over my coworker. Exorcist type shit. Yes, and it which was terrible situation 
for this particular patient and everything like that. But that just gives you a <laughs> kind of an idea. Puke, like, blood, shit. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, it, and it, it, it's, it's exactly what COVID, I said. COVID, <laughs> etc exactly like I, I will i will treat someone in respiratory distress someone that is constant like that that's in cardiac arrest and then also i'll treat your little hand laceration that you got from cutting up vegetables like you know the er sees all like you know and we don't turn anyone away no. but oh gosh hey, speaking of turning people away one thing that we were having a little bit of trouble with was uh, people were coming in and they're like, oh, I've just came here for a COVID test. Do not go to the ER wanting a COVID test, okay? That wastes way too many resources. Like, I'm not going to yeah. turn you away. Yeah. But just as far as, like, you know, you are going to be – you're going to be hit with an ER bill. You're going to be hit – you're going to be waiting Consult for, your doctor. Talk to your doctor. That's talk to your doctor. what I did. They will set up an appointment at an outpatient facility for you to get swabbed. Yes. But, like – but I'm not telling people, like, don't think that's what I'm saying because it is completely illegal for me to turn anyone away from the ER. But think about this. Do you want to wait two hours in the ER? Because the other patients that are acutely sick, I'm going to see them first. Like, your swab is at the bottom of my list. But And get an ungodly amount yeah. of, uh, of, a, of a pay. Yes, because I mean, my thing is, it's like you know, you're you're gonna you're you're gonna be hit with an ER bill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, not all the factors are gonna go into to it, but like you know, still at the end of the day, like this could have been done as an outpatient procedure, and I guarantee you that your insurance would have covered it like very lightly and everything, and like you know, it wouldn't like go towards your like deductible and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just and and like one thing that we were hitting too was with like we were having like college students come in they're like i've just had a fever and a cough i'm like okay when did this start well it started this morning okay did you take any tylenol or motrin today no so your immediate thought was you didn't even attempt to treat yourself <laughs> you thought it was to come to an er and during a pandemic oh, i'm not going to the er unless my like throat is slashed like, yes <laughs> yes let's <laughs> see but unfortunately but unfortunately a problem that we face with society today is that people don't have people don't have primary care providers some people don't have the appropriate insurance to cover it right. so like because if you have medicaid and stuff like that you know you can come to the er and like you know everything will be compensated everything will be paid for and everything <laughs> like that and it's it's a misuse of the er but like i said i will treat you if you come into the er but like there's a lot of cases that could have been very well treated at an urgent care, velocity care, minute clinic, stuff like that. And but those are the people also that get very aggravated when they have to wait for an extended period of time. But it's just it's just how it goes. Like Teddy, you could be sitting in the ER or Steve, like, you know, for four hours for a particular complaint, but if I have an EMS squad or if I have someone that checks in after you that is generally a higher acuity, more sick they're going to have to go before you. It's not like, you know, there's not like a wait list, you know. It's like, you know, if someone comes in that's more sick than you, then, yeah, they're going to get it. It's kind of like going to a fancy restaurant, you know. If a celebrity comes in and everything, like, oh, yeah, they're going to snap the fingers, like, you know, set this, this table. table up. Yeah. I've been waiting here for two hours. Yeah. Sorry. This is also Tom fucking Hardy, okay. <laughs> he's he's going to be seated first, you know. Right. 
did you see him in Legend Man? <laughs> it's like Beamer when he's going to the Palisades. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's 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 Frank flipping Beamer, man. Like get him know. seated. Yeah, you know. Now, even yeah. I, even if I was uh, in line waiting for my reservation, I'd be like, get get him a table <laughs> right now. He deserves it more than me. He probably forgot his reservation time anyways. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm just here. <laughs> well, there's probably a seat always reserved seat. for that man, you yeah. know. Well, um, to wrap things up, at the end of the show, we ask uh, the guests, do you have any advice to the people who are listening? So, pretty much everything that you hear on every radio commercial while you're going down the road, you know, continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, you know, if decide for yourself, you know, don't take any outside influences. Decide for yourself if you want to get vaccinated and everything. You know, that is your decision solely. You know, don't let some of these unaccredited influencers guide your decision to get the vaccine. And also, if I can stress this enough, be honest with your employers. Be honest when you go to the hospital if you're actually exhibiting COVID symptoms, you know. Because there's so many people that find themselves lying about being a PUI when they go to work because they're like, well, I have to get a paycheck. And then there's also people that do the same thing in the hospital system because they don't want to be seated in a PUI section with people that do have COVID. Be honest Mm -hmm. because you're not, it's, you you cannot think of yourself. You got to think about the people around you, you know, don't spread it if it doesn't need to happen, you know, and also just in a, Keep your heads up, people. You know this. We're still in this. Bitch. Yeah, this is a means to an end. Yeah, we're it, living with the virus. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to die with the virus. Right. You know that's the best advice we've ever had on this show. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is probably the most important podcast ever. All right, before we leave, can we get a Smeagol impersonation? Oh <laughs> yes, please. All right, let's give some premise here. Yes. Tanner is good at impressions. I don't know where you developed this talent. Uh, he does some impressions that absolutely piss me off. It's from, sh- it's from the show Big Mouth. Oh, I've never yeah. seen an episode of Big Mouth. You need to. Go ahead and, and talk like Big Mouth for a second to me. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, in there a character? I don't know if there's a character named Steve, but you say my name in, in one of their oh, voices. Oh, yeah. It's Coach Steve. Uh, I can do... Uh, <laughs> I can do Rick, the uh, the old old hormone monster. Like, what gonna do? You're the monster. Yeah, he says God. that to me every time I get pissed off at his big mouth <laughs> references. Him, all right, him, Matthew Gillespie. <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> I remember sitting here like watching a UFC fight, and that was like probably when Big Mouth season one came out, and me and him were just obsessed with it, and we just kept on referring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I Steve, think I was yes. Oh my god, Steve, driving me nuts. Steve was sitting there watching the fight, and he was just like, he was like that dad. He was just like, just stop, around. stop, quit, quit yeah, it, yes. knock it off. <laughs> yeah, but but before we have to go, we need Tanner. If there is ever a reboot for Lord of the Rings, um, you have got to sign up to be Smeagol. This Dude. is perfect because we talk about Lord of the Rings all the time yes. on the show. Yes. And we have you on, finally. Mm. And you do the best impersonation of, of Gollum, Gollum that we've ever heard. And and we've talked about this, too. And if there... See, I need to put myself out there in Hollywood because, like, if there's a, if there's a reboot, obviously, they're already going to already have the cast and everything right. like that. So... I don't know what I have to do. I don't know who I have to talk to. Um, who did? Who did? Uh, 
Lord of the Rings. Uh, who's, who's the main director or uh, writer? Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson yeah, Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. So you need to call up old Pete. <laughs> yeah. he, he's still living. He's still li- living. I, I yes. presume. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so like, hey Pete, man, dude, I'm your guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm your. I'm your. I'm your precious man. Can, I am. You can even crawl like him. Oh yeah, I remember you took a video of my Snapchat when I was like holding my dog. Like, <laughs> I think I still have it. To oh be honest. my god, <laughs> that was hilarious. You were talking to his dog when you guys came down to Roanoke and everything like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll hit you with it. So uh, let's let's do this as we go off the air. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's have a Smeagol impersonation, please. All right. I, I one scene that I normally go to is with the <laughs> with the two towers and everything. So uh, here's a here's my Smeagol impersonation. Oh my god! Let me get into character real quick. <laughs> <laughs> a snap into contort it. your body. Quillen, Quillen, What does it cry, Smeagol? Batman hurts us. Master trips us. Master betrayed us. He stole it from us. Golem! Golem! <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's been... Thanks. <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. That's been unhelpful advice for this week. Thanks for listening. Tanner, thanks for... Joining. Joining. It's been a long time coming. Hey, truly a pleasure, guys. Thanks, thanks for, for being a, uh, uh, a... A voice of reason. A voice of reason. Thanks for being a loyal fan. And thanks Steve. for being a healthcare worker. Yes. Appreciate and uh, we're out. Thank you.